All right, here we go. Episode three of the League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast for the week of March 26. I'm Brent, and we have Angelo with us as usual. Uh, today's episode is on strategy, but before we jump to our big issue of strategy and strategy recap, we got to take a look at this week's winners and losers. Angelo, clear well, winner? We've got two weeks to go, uh, and we are starting to now see who might be able to get into the money and who has no chance. So I'm going to say this week, if I can start with the losers, I think we need to look at spots six through nine, the Careless Whisperers, Notorious Gib, the Constantinople Patriots, and Ramrod. I'm going to call them losers this week because it looks like they have no chance of sneaking into the money. For me, PMF and Nick in a Box are winners because they look like they may be able to challenge Warm for that third place spot. Hennessy is solidified first, so he's a winner. And then Bowlby with his move up to second is also a winner. What a change uh, th- uh, we've seen in this week, though. I mean, uh, when, has, uh, when have we ever had a year where it's been this volatile, this late in the season? I look at if we would have had this, uh, the, this podcast last Wednesday, so three days after our last week's podcast, I don't think you'd have been saying the same thing. No, well, you had jumped up to 96 points, roughly. You went plus six in one night, which is unheard of at this point in the season. If you look at today's standings, I went up plus seven overnight for no reason at all. Uh, It's just a couple of uh, categories that are so volatile for people that you can move up five, six, seven points in one night. I wonder if PMF or Nick in a Box can do it in one day and get into that money position. It is. It's going. We're right down to the wire for money, right? You know, we, we made we made the call last week about about uh, you know our winner, our projection of our winner, and Hennessy. It does look like at this point he's 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 the golden boy, but uh, you know that fourth and that fifth like there's only one point right now separating fourth and fifth. Um, Warm, you know, he's at 104, but again, like he's you know is only seven and a half points behind, uh, sorry, ahead of uh, PMS. So who knows? Like uh, this ne- next next week is definitely going to, I think, I'm making a prediction here, it's going to be another massively volatile week. Yeah, I've got to look. I'm looking at Rob again. Full credit to him for trying that strategy and being in the money for so long. I wonder if he'll be able to hold on. I'm really curious to see if he's got those positions. He's got some really nice numbers in the offensive category, and let's see in the next 14 days if they hold. Yeah. We'll talk strategy in just a moment. Absolutely, that's absolutely. something I'm really interested to hear him say. It, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fa- uh, fascinating recap when we look at that. So let's actually switch 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 gears here now and and, and actual focus on, on this week's main topic, which is strategy. So I think the best, absolute best thing to do is to look and start at the, uh, the draft recap. So we've got Rob Warham as our special guest today, Metal Storm Destruction. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you doing, boys? Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been another wonderful week in the Lug, um, and I love this idea of walking with you uh, through with you this idea of uh, the strategies that, that managers have used this year. Yeah, for sure, um, and not just this year, but uh, you can see some some uh, some characteristics in the way that people uh, people strategize for as long as they've been in the league. So, Rob, do you think um, if we walk through, I guess a logical way to do it is let's walk through from first to twelfth place, if that works for you, 
and we'll talk some strategy. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad we're doing it this week because I might be down even farther next week. Yeah. Who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's take it. Guys, already. Have you guys already taken some time to trash my strategy for this year? No, no, that's what we're moving into. That's what the, the, this segment is. This segment is on strategy. So this is the, this will be the opportunity for us to trash your, your, your strategy. You'll be, you'll be pleasantly, right, cool. su- you'll be pleasantly surprised with the first few minutes of, of this week's podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's take a look at, at, at Hennessy. Do you want, let's start with Hennessy, right? He's, he's, uh, as I said earlier, he's the golden boy right now. Um, Warm, what what do you think of his strategy so far, and maybe his draft strategy? Uh, like, what are your thoughts on Hennessy? Well, he's uh, he's pretty much the the new guy still, right? I mean, there's Nick, but I mean, he just joined partway through the through this year, so it's hard to get a read on exactly what his strategy is. But you'd have to say for the last couple of years that uh, that Hennessy is is. Uh, is the kind of guy who's going to stay pat with what he's got as far as not making trades. He's definitely active on the uh, on the waiver wire and free agents, but he's uh, he hasn't made a trade. I don't think last year or this year. No. And uh, you have to you'd have to say that that's that's worked for him this year. Yeah, he he seems to draft really well every year. Last year he was in the money for quite a while, and he dropped. I thought he needed to make one big move, but. He, he seems very yeah. confident. He seems very confident in his draft strategy, and and it's it's executed very well for him this year. I think one of the big things for him though has been Stamkos being healthy this year. I mean, he's day to day right now, but overall, I think you know he's rolled the dice on that, and and that's been huge. Yeah, and uh, who did he uh, who did he draft this year, or who did he have as keepers? He had Ben Jones, um, and then three three goalies. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an unusual strategy, and you would. You would have to say that Jones and Allen haven't really been like great, and Darling has certainly has been terrible. And well, don't trash him. He's he, he's one of your he's one of your keepers for next year. Well, that's why I'm so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, I think I think uh, you know it's it's for someone for someone who doesn't doesn't trade. Uh, you know, our friend Tony here has done a fantastic job of. Over the years, building building a well competitive teams, yeah, and he's, yeah, you, I mean, you, you'd have to if you were to have this conversation last year or the year before when he finished fifth and fourth, you'd have to just like Angelo said, you'd say, um, just to, if he had made that big trade, maybe it would have made all the difference. But you'd have to you'd have to say you'd admire him sticking with it. I mean, he's even he's even kept the same name for five years. That's true. I don't think I've kept the same name for an entire year. No, I don't. I, <laughs> Let's move on to Bowlby and Whiskey Dick Van Dyke. Angelo, okay. what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, Bowlby and I actually have very similar players when we go into the draft. I find it very frustrating bidding against him because it seems like we are going after the same players. Uh, Tyler Sagan was my number one uh, guy this year, and I just got outbid. But it seemed every player that went up, Doug was going after. And Doug, he is one of our better drafters. This year he went in with a really great keeper group, and then he drafted really well. And every year I think he does the same thing. Great keepers, drafts well, but then he also will do one or big. He's a big game hunter, and he will grab one or two big guys during the year in a trade. Yeah, he's done four. He's done four deals. So he's, it's not like he's been quiet at all this year. And I think he those deals have allowed him to work him, you know, into, into a money spot this year. Warren, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, he's uh, he's no Angelo when it comes to uh, trades, but uh, he 
I, I looked at last year and he made nine trades last year, which was second most to Angelo, of course. And I feel like the trades that he made last year really led into the ones that he made at the beginning of this year and made his team so strong. I think that if there was one thing that I would say, I would say to describe the way that he plays, it's, it's kind of moderation. If you look at his, at his drafts, he rarely makes that big splash. He picked uh, he, he went after McDavid a couple of years ago and he got Sagan this year. But other than that, his drafts are pretty, the players that he drafts are pretty moderate and every once in a while he'll go after like a cheap potential keeper. So he's the one who drafted Carlson for 15 and drafted Tarasenko for a dollar. Yeah, he's, he's uh, and I'm just looking at right now in terms of for keepers next year, he's going to be a force for the for definitely next year as well. He's got, you know, line A is still, you know, he's expensive but worth every single penny, and, well, and you can offset that cost by Vasilevsky for sure at, you know, a grand total of $11. So Yeah, that's that's pretty good. He traded, I think you've got Hedman and Talbot not now who were his keepers, but... Yeah, you'd have to be pretty happy with Vasilevsky for 11. Yeah, I shipped Talbot off. Um, so, yeah. Let's go on to you, Rob. How would you characterize your strategy? Um, I <laughs> throw everything I have at it, um, <laughs> including things that no one else would have thought of. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I'd like to hear what you guys think my strategy is. Uh, well, I, to, to be honest with you, Warm, I like when – you approached me with this idea, I would say, at least two seasons ago, and I had no clue at that point whether you were trying to just get me to tank or what, or just like try it out and have some fun with it. And then I see you put into place this year the the the, the no goalie strategy after you get you know the twelves in the two categories, and it, that's amazing. Well, I think the goalie strategy was not deliberate because you spent some good money on goalies in the draft. I think you did that. Uh, you had a good first night in the pool, uh, goalie-wise, so you decided this was the year that you would try that. <laughs> well, I always see your strategy. You're not afraid to draft from teams that other people avoid. So you, you're an Arizona guy, Carolina guy. Most most people try to avoid those teams. But you also have more of a defense-first focus. Yeah. You see a value in having uh, defensemen that will get you points, whereas other managers – uh, Bolby and I were talking the other day, and, and he said uh, he avoids – he has a really hard time bidding on – defenseman whereas you see that as a key strategy to your game and it's worked out for the like you know you're always super competitive and uh i don't know what do you what are your thoughts on that i think if there was one thing i would say the one thing that i try to do every year like i'll usually sit down one night and look at look at the people look at the players that uh, other managers are keeping and what the strategy has been like the last couple of years and basically i will try and do something different so I don't, I don't, uh, I have a hard time with the plus minus category. I have, I just can never, I can never make any progress in that. So basically almost every year I decide, you know what, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to go after players that other people are not going to go after. So most people don't go after defensemen. So they're generally cheap relative to their value. I think uh, players on bad teams are relatively cheap, uh, uh, considering what I think their value is. So I also see potential. So I keep going after Carolina <laughs> thinking that they're, this is the year that they're going to be good. But yeah. 
they are not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keen on seeing how your, your no goalie strategy leads into an off season and next season strategy for you as well, because that's a big commitment, right? To, to ship away, you know, a Schneider and, 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 uh, you know, some other key names there, you know, and, and even, yeah. even Leonard. Yeah. I mean, like it is what it is, right? He was 42 bucks. Who knows? Right. I also think, with... yeah, my... Oh, go ahead, Rob. No, you go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I never, I, I never quite nail it when it comes to the keepers. It's like I'll usually get a couple of good ones, but then, like Leonard and Falk, like that, those are not, those are not helpful. <laughs> like uh, especially like in any situation, whether you play goalies or not, Leonard has not been someone that has helped anyone's team this year. And uh, yeah, the. I, if I could go back and not play Skinner and even Carlson, who's like minus 30, uh, they have just destroyed any chance of me having any points in that category. Yeah. If I had, if I hadn't played, if I hadn't had Skinner and Falk and, and had played Carlson a bit more selectively, I'd be, I'd still probably be in first because I'd be in, in a little bit more competitive in that category. I would say the last thing that I've noticed with you over the last few years is you generally have a disregard for limits. You will play your players early in the season, and yeah. then you're always the first manager to max out on your categories. I don't know if that's strategic or if that's just a lack of self-control. Uh, it's, it's, it's always been more, up until this year, it's been about not being afraid to like sit a player and miss out on a four or five point game. That I mean, that just seems to be the way that it goes. It's, you, even this year, around the middle of the season, I sat Carlson because I got tired of his plus minus four points. Yeah. I sat Couture because I wanted to save some center games, four points. It's just, and a, and a couple of those just make you go, you know what, I can't do this. And uh, so, but this year I thought about it and you know how that there was that rule change, the where they were calling more penalties at the beginning of the year. So, my strategy was just to throw all the forwards and skaters on right at the beginning of the year because there's going to be more goals scored at the beginning of the year when they're calling these penalties. And the no goalie strategy played into that because my goalies were not good and I had got lucky with some, like you said, I got lucky at the beginning of the year. So I was able to, uh, to leverage those goalies into a couple of decent players. Not great, but, but enough to enough to uh, bolster my defense and get a, a good forward or two. Good. Thanks. All right, let's move on to, to sure. PMF. And uh, so we're looking at, uh, uh, yeah, we're on to PMF uh, and his strategy here. So if we go back to, uh, Angel, do you want to take his, his uh, keeper strategy and then, then we'll go on maybe to a season strategy? Well, sure. He's still considered one of the new guys as well, and, and he – the first few years he struggled. I think he finished 12th and 11th and 10th in around there. Last year he made a huge jump into second place, and he wasn't afraid to keep some really expensive uh, players that got him into the money, knowing that he wouldn't be much of a factor at the draft. And he got luckier. He was smart, and he got some great players at the draft. I mean, Nathan McKinnon at 37 bucks, yeah. I believe, is the steal of the year. Maybe we can do an episode on that later yeah. on. But uh, for PMF, he's not afraid to do a big trade usually with you, Brent, <laughs> yeah. after some coercion, as we saw That's earlier. Right. Um, and otherwise, he's quite quiet, and uh, and it's working out for him. 
Yeah, I look at yes. yeah, I, and sorry, and sorry, sorry there, uh, Rob. I, I just my final two cents on on that is is he's he's another manager that's set for next year. He's going to be deadly next year as well, and uh, he's got some quality keepers already. Three that I right off the top, cheap, relatively speaking. Um, he's he's a threat. Warm. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, what Angela said about his uh, draft strategy. Like that is not. That is not a strategy that I would ever be comfortable going in with. I'm I'm not generally going in the cheapest. I guess I was this year, but but to go in with less than four hundred dollars, that's that's tough because I mean he said he had to sit for a long time before he could even bid. But you really you really got great players, and I mean he accentuated it with uh, I think he's made a couple of couple of trades and made, kind of did a, picked up a couple of good players too. It's interesting because eh, it, you you look at it, it, his strategy has been okay. I'm going to keep a superstar. I'm going to keep a Ben David, and then I'll just leverage him for two superstars as well. So he's going to dangle it out, and that's what he did with me. Well, a couple of years ago, Brent and I we did a, a trade before the draft as a joke, and then we decided that it would be a great idea to keep uh, was it was Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby. Yeah, and so we had no money. We were like PMF, but. It didn't work for us at all. We were a disaster that year. Yeah, that was a hor- horrific year. Nick in a box. Yeah, you know, no one's ever, no one's ever won keeping Sidney Crosby. There you go. There, I don't know if anyone's won drafting Sidney Crosby, but no one's ever won keeping. That's interesting. That's an interesting stat from from our stats man, a resident stat yeah, man. There you go. Uh, uh, Nick you in go. a box, who uh, again really has turned turned a horrific team around. Uh, the drafting. Uh, let's let's talk about the keepers of that. Were, were, were Crawford, Subban, uh, Johansson, and Mason. And I think he's done a marvelous job of putting himself in in uh, in a position for money. I think we see with Nick, he's a very strategic. This is a guy who's played fantasy hockey before, so this is nothing new to him. He came in right off the bat, and he started adding and dropping players. He's not afraid to trade big names if it's not working for him. And he's very strategic in what he's trading for. So I think this is a preview of next year, and, and he's going to be a killer manager next year. Tough to beat because he's clearly very smart when he when he manages his team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who his keepers are um, and uh, his draft strategy going in. But yeah, he's definitely he's definitely looks like a player that's going to be active on waivers and free agency, and um, you would guess moving goalies in and out. Yeah, like he's done four trades all you know in his time, and that's that's pretty remarkable for a first year manager. And he's got on his team, you know, a fantastic selection of of players to to pick from for keepers. And I guess that'll be a topic for another another time. But when I look at his team, there are not a lot of guys on there that that appeal to me as a manager, and yet he's he's top five in the pool. Well, but again, Vegas has been a wild card this year, and you look yeah. at—I mean, that's just who would have who would have ever have called that at the beginning of the season that they, not only as a team that they would be in that situation, but you know, Flurry at his age, you know, ha- just being an absolute superstar with a, with you know yeah. a two fifteen goals against average—it's ridiculous. And even for the first month and a half of the season, people were pretty gun shy about picking up a. A Vegas player, I didn't pick them up because I thought, you know what, whatever they've done so far, it's going to stop tomorrow as soon as I pick up uh, Marcheseau or one of these other guys. But yeah, he came in and picked up Brad Marcheseau, I guess, and uh, and those players have certainly had a lot of value. 
Or, I don't know who got Carlson, who got uh, Carlson, but that worked out pretty well for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to the whispers. Me, I think Rob. I'm going to give you the floor on this. I really want to hear what you think Brent's strategy is. You know what? I think it would be better to come directly from Brent, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> actually, I want. To, I want. I would actually like to hear before before I. Uh, you know, espouse my wisdom on this one, uh, Warren. What do you? What did you think my strategy was this year? Um, your strategy this year was to try and win. <laughs> Diplomat, yeah. <laughs> was, that, was that? Is that right, Brent? Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm go not hundred percent. I'm not hundred percent sure based <laughs> on the way it played out. But I'm guessing you were trying to win. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, that's what no, I was you, I trying. Think, you know what? I think your strategy carried over from last year. You made a lot of big moves to get good players and it kind of didn't work out. Like when I look at your keepers, Tavares, Quick, Burns and Anderson, those are those are good keepers and they've had pretty good seasons. Burns was a disappointment at the beginning of the year and Tavares has been up and down. But it's hard to look at those keepers and think it's not gonna it's not gonna work out. I mean, there's another there's another manager farther down where you look at those keepers and you think they're gonna have a great year. See, um, yeah, I came into the season really optimistic because I had um, two good goalies, cheap goalies. I had Tavares who was cheap, and uh, the the my my luxury item was was Brent Burns. But again, after the season that he had, my problem is I, I became quite impatient. And I, uh, I decided to, to trade away Tavares, Burns, and Anderson and, and really leave me with, with uh, players that I accumulated at that point that, to try to drive me into to a money position. And, and that didn't work. I, I was in first place for like a week or two or something like that. But that, That's a record for you. That is a record for me. But then you notice I, I slipped back down to my comfortable spot of 10th. So when I when I look at my my season overall, it's it's a massive disappointment because I you know I just wasn't patient enough, you know, and I thought I needed to make the deals. When I did, I've made I think I've made I've made six deals this year. So I've been really busy in an attempt to try to recapture something for next year. I think well, you call it uh, losing patience, and I would like to say that you are emo you're very emotional when you manage, and there are times when. Your emotions take over, and you've decided it's time to trade someone, which I really enjoy because I work with you, so I get to play on those emotions. And whether I get a player from you based on those emotions, or I see you trade a player away, it's always nice to see the fallout. So, but it is true; like all my deals are emotional deals. I would agree with that that's absolutely. What, but that's what makes fantasy sport fun, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been it's been quite a. But and then again, my strategy has been, you know, um, keep certain players very close that, and I'm not dealing away. But I've got. I'm. I'm taking a page for next year out of out of Warm's book. Is uh, I'm. I'm. I've got Yossi and Hedman. I'm. I'm. I'm working defense up. Right. Yossi and Hedman definitely as keepers. Everything else will be probably open to off season deals. Oh geez, Brent. Bad news. That strategy's not going to play out next year. Everything's changed. It's got. It's got. It's all. <laughs> it's all about the goalies next year, Brent. That's the way the NHL is going. It's all about the goalies. No, you know what though? It's 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 <laughs> got to be better than the sixth position that I'm in. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, right, I right. think that this 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 league, the way that it is, if you if you start rebuilding early enough, you can put together a really good team. There's been. There's been a lot of of managers that have gone on to win or finish in the top three that 
spent time rebuilding the, the last year because they they recognized that they weren't going to win that year. Fact. Yep, Aiden, notorious Gibb. He uh, Aiden every year likes to go in with quality keepers and uh, not a lot of money spent on those keepers, and so every year he's he's a big spender at the draft. He must have so much fun at the draft. It must be nice to have that much money. And, but you know what though, and as a result, it's every year we say he's what top three uh, winners of the draft night. He's he is Mister Consistent when it comes to the draft. Yeah, just looking at his draft roster. Um, he's got to be so disappointed with how the season played out because he had a really solid roster. Well, huge. He had Marchand, uh, Dreisaitl, Rask, and then Ekman Larson. Uh, and again, he went in with like massive amounts of cash. Warm. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, definitely. I think I think I think Angelo nailed it with that. His uh, his his strategy that you see year after year is that he's going into the draft with with pretty much more money than anybody else. Um, and, uh, and I, it's gotta, it's gotta burn this year and we've all got a player or two over the, over our history, but for him, it's going to have to be rast, right? Like to stick with him year after year when he has, I mean, he's been good, but not the great player the last couple of years that would get him the victory. And then to trade him this year and for him to have a good year, like basically on a dime as soon as he trades him for Rast to suddenly have like a great season starting like right then. See, I, gotta hurt. I don't fault him for that trade. It's, it, yeah, I, I agree it's got to hurt, but we've all been there. I actually don't fault him for that trade. It's part of it is, you know, because again, I, I, I shoot from the hip and I'm emotional with my deals, but part of it is, is that he, he rolled the dice and he wanted to make a push. And that was a that was an opportunity to try to make a push. Uh, he uh, uh, Rask wasn't having a good season at that point. It's like me dealing Burns at that at that uh, era at that time. But um, it's a, it, it, it's 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 just an attempt to to push yourself into into a money position, and and that's commendable. I like that. You know what though? It could be very easy that he may have you know down the road win that deal because Rask might not. Have a fantastic year next year. Who knows? But he wanted. I think he wanted in the short term too. He he got Malkin. Yeah. And is Mal Malkin's ranked top five overall in the league for sure for player rating? He's been unbelievable for him. So two. He, he's, he's a PRK uh, center. He's the second center in the league. Yeah. So he's uh, Malkin, and he got uh, Roman Yossi as well, who at one point was the number one ranked defenseman. So I thought the trade worked out for him. It just. For whatever reason, he hasn't been able to make a push up uh, to a higher standing than he would we would expect from him this year. Yeah, just don't count him out ever, right? He's 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 a wily manager and one that's able to definitely um, seek seek players out in the draft. All right. Um, yeah, he's always a contender. He's always always a contender and a threat. Patriots, Angelo. Wow. So. Let's uh, trades, 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 trades. Uh, <laughs> it that is, guy likes to trade. That guy loves to trade. Uh, I have one player left from my draft night. Can, can, I, can, I, can I jump in here and actually say, can, can I actually yep. uh, uh, predict your strategy here or, or, or claim what your, not, not just your strategy was to win this year, but I actually don't think you even had a strategy at all with respect to this season. Uh, you have pulled off. 11 deals this year so that tells me i don't I, I don't know how strategic that is i i like that's a 
that's pretty much double every what's well, over double everybody else. So I'm calling it right now that, you know, you, 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 you call me an emotional manager, which I am. I think you're even more so in terms of uh, that number of deals that you've made. I'm not emotional about it. I just get really excited. I love making a trade, but also I can't uh, say enough about Doug getting Tyler Sagan. At that point I was holding out for Tyler Sagan yeah. and I panicked. So I spent $500, more than $500 on Pavelski and Panarin. I had a terrible team. So the, my only option was to try to trade up to a decent team as quickly as possible. And my team is actually really good now that they're healthy, but I just don't have enough time to make up the ground. Your 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 dealing of Pavelski, especially early on, it was was I think a key thing. No, it wasn't because I also gave up um, Connor Hellebuck in that deal. Yeah, but I'm not mentioning that one at all. Uh, Warren, what do you what do you think of of, of the Patriots here? Um, yeah, I mean, always always a contender and always ready to rebuild when the time is right. I think I think that Angelo really sets the tone. I mean, when we talk about a player like Rask moving that someone has held on to for a long time, I think that Angelo really sets the tone for the fact that players don't like get stuck. Managers don't hold on to players. Like like every player is is on the block in this league and uh, and I think that the I think that the way that Angelo plays really demonstrates that that he's the best way to have a fun league is for there to be lots of trades. I mean that's true. The more engaged people are, the uh, the better the league is, the more fun it is. So I think that uh, I think that like you said, he gets excited, and who doesn't get excited when you when you like pull off a big trade that you've been working on for a while? Well, the the best part too though is when I see you know, the email coming through that a trade has been accepted in the league. And it, it sends a bit of a panic wave because then you start looking at the consequences of that deal and whether, you know, one you think, you know, one manager wins and the other manager loses, whatever your personal opinion on that, regardless of that, is that it, it's immediate shakeup. And I think, you know, if if we could categorically say that Angelo's, Angelo's uh, overall strategy is to cause turmoil in, 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 in the pool through multiple trades. I think, I think that's a fair, fair assessment. Final word, Angelo? Well, I think if Bowlby's listening, we talked about trading being fun and how much fun would it be to trade Vasilevsky? <laughs> I love it. Plug. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, Doug. That'd be yeah, fantastic. Uh, Ramrod, let's move on to Ramrod. So Mike Ramrod uh, sitting you know, in ninth place here, uh, warm his strategy. Uh, silent stoicism. Silent stoicism. Silent stoicism. He is. Uh, he is. He's. He's generally one of the least active as far as far as waiver wires and and free agents. Yeah. He he makes trades every year and good trades, um, but he is very selective about when he's gonna drop a player or bring a player in. So he really relies on a good draft and good keepers. I yeah. think that would that would define him throughout the year and throughout the years. Um and he sticks with he sticks with a lot of his players for a long time. He's had Shattenkirk and Drew and I think he traded for Rene, but He's, Rene's been a keeper for a long time. Those were those are three of his keepers this year. Yeah, he's been. It's not like he hasn't been active. Like you know, two trades, fifteen acquisitions. 
he's 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 moving and 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 uh, moving things around a bit. Angelo, what are your thoughts on on Ramrod here? Well, when I was making some notes for today's podcast, I put him down as a conservative uh, player. He, he's conservative in his trades. He's conservative in his keepers. He's confident in his keepers. Uh, he recognized, I believe, midway through the season that his keepers weren't good enough for next year. So he's addressed that. But now I can see him holding on to a Sean Couturier for years. Um, Claude Giroux has been one of the best players in the league this year. He's got Corey Crawford. He's got Schneider. So... He will hold on to those guys, and if they perform, he will hold on to them for several years. He's got Mitch Marner as well. Well, and you know he's got Schwartz, and he's got he's got lots to choose from this year in order to be incredibly competitive for next. Yeah, I'll be really curious to see what dollar value he goes into the draft. Oh with. yeah, it's going to be he's going to be a threat definitely at, at the draft. Um, can we move on to Zoltok here? Let's move on to Zoltok a bit and and, and look at Robin. I I mean I would never have guessed again. Three weeks ago, before before uh, the deadline, that Zoltok would be sitting in in tenth uh, spot, warm. Yeah, he looked like he looked like he was in he was in a contention position for most of the year, right? Um, he uh, he he has he's stuck with keepers in the past too, right? He's he's uh, he had McKinnon for a long time, uh, Skinner. He had. He drafted Subban and had him for years, and he Subban was looking for like a player that was going to stick, that a manager was going to hold on to for a long time, um, and he kind of blew it up a little bit this year. He kept Dubnik right, but then he went with three, three players that he was like banking on potential for right. So he 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 kept Ruben, Wierenski, and Arvidsson, and those are none of those are proven players but they all had a lot of potential and you'd probably say that none of them quite met it yep i i think every year too robin sets his strategy up right on draft night he is an incredibly aggressive drafter and he goes after big names and he's not afraid to spend big dollars and he did that again this year and it looked on paper like he was going to have a great team and some guys panned out but he's got some great keepers for next year he got uh, Goss Beer from Philadelphia, pretty cheap. He's got Dubneck, and I don't know who his other two will be. Oh, that kid from Vancouver? Besner? Yeah, Besner. Uh, but I think he likes to set the stage right away. He doesn't do a lot of trades either. Usually around the trade deadline, he'll do a deal if he's in contention to try to push him up. But he's a fairly conservative manager as well when it comes to transactions. It's it's Well, he's had zero trades this year. He hasn't done a deal and and wasn't able to get one done on uh, on, on the draft deadline. And But yet, yeah, Way really active on on uh, not rusty active but really active on the free agent wire with twenty three acquisitions. So that's where he's trying to look at building, and that maybe has been his downfall is is he hasn't looked big enough in terms of player wise and doing a deal, trading away some of those players that that he thought would have paid out. But 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 in anyways, I think I think at the end here, you know, I. You know, I'm, I may go out on a limb and say that you know his falling has been his inability to 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 pull off a trade. I think for me is he held on to Crosby too long. I agree. Um, this team reeks warm. Um, that's, Not your team uh, reeks, but I'm talking. Uh, we're, we're talking about Blair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Blair's team. Yeah. So the um, he the it's hard. It's kind of hard to look at his draft strategy because he was out for a year, so he had two years where he didn't have keepers. Um, but I would I would say that he's kind of one of the more conservative 
um, managers too, right? So he does he doesn't uh, he doesn't pick up a lot of free agents. But, um, um, I'm just trying to look at. His, He's 18. He had 18, 18 free agents he picked up, and he pulled off three trades this year. You know, yeah. So yeah. yeah, and the thing is, is that you would look at his draft and the keepers that he had, and you would say, "Yeah, he's going to be up there." And it doesn't. I think other people have already said this. It just doesn't make sense that he's not. Like he had Bishop and Gibson in goal, Matthews and Kucherov for keepers. And I then, mean, well, then he drafted. Probably, yeah, he drafted Malkin too, right? Like then he had he he grabbed Luongo. Like then he had Hoffman. We could just go down the list here. And yeah, I think I think you're right in saying like this one doesn't make sense. Yeah, it just didn't it just didn't work out, and I think a lot of that is just bad luck. He's not um, in the past. He hasn't he hasn't gone into the season with great goalies. He's often tried to like piece together goalies like I did this year, and that's tough. Um, but he went in with two goalies that you would think would be like yeah, definitely number one and number two. Those are playoff teams. And those are good goalies. He also was very aggressive. He was one of the first guys to make a big trade, and he tried to pick up uh, Patrick Kane and Braden Holtby, and those two players uh, just haven't lived up to expectations this year. But he was he was going yeah, for Yeah, wow. He recognized he had a good team, and he went for a great trade there, and it just didn't work out. But you know what? This time next year, he might be sitting in first using the exact same strategy. Oh, he's got Cooch, right? True five. So all right, uh, Gump and Uncle Martian here. I'm, you know, looking at, you know, it's, it's tough. He had such an amazing season last year, um, and then it's always tough to be last. Um, I've been there. Uh, you know, Warm. Your, what are your thoughts on 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 Jeff's uh, Jeff's season? Uh, yeah, well, it's a tough season, obviously. I mean, looking at his strategy, I think that he he has always kind of been. Um, he's always kept players that are maybe kind of expensive but dependable so i mean he kept backstrom this year over 200 um and he's relying on players like that he had price and i mean when you have price and you're when you've got price as one of your keepers you expect that you're going to have the best goaltending and and what can you do i mean when his price has a season like he does it you can't you can't just like, oh, well, okay, I'll drop price and pick up that other goalie <laughs> in free agency that's just as good. And there just isn't any goalies that replace price when that happens. No, so I agree with you on that. It's, it's a devastating blow to your season, like right off the bat. You, it's hard to come back from that. I also think Gump would be the first to say he's not going out buying the fantasy hockey magazines and doing projections on spreadsheets like a lot of us are. He's not as obsessive about who he's going to target in the draft. He'll just go in and he'll target and bid on whoever he wants to, and whatever team spits out, uh, he's happy to get. I think he had great great keepers going into this year, and I think he'll have great keepers going into next year, and then he'll bid on who he sees fit to fill in those holes. Well, I look again. Yeah, you, you start looking at you start looking at some of his options for next year. He's got Halibut. You know, it, uh, it that 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 one is at. Uh, at uh, a, a grand total of twenty-five dollars, so that you know that might be a steal, that steal of the century for for uh, or steal of the year for an, an, another night or uh, another another podcast, I guess. So, well, that has been uh, our strategy recap. We'd like to, at this point, you know, thank Warren for dropping in. 
Thank you, uh, yeah. Metal Storm. You, we wish you luck in in the next week. Not that much luck, but we do wish you a little bit of luck. Uh, yeah, thanks guys for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm a little uh, I'm a little sad, a little bit sad this week. I was uh, I'm pretty much given up on first place, uh, and uh, it doesn't look good for second. So I'm really just hoping to hold on, stay in the money. I think there would be a level of happiness in the pool if you on the last day drop down to fourth. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. Listen, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for you because you did the strategy, but based on some of the emails and texts I got from managers who didn't like the goalie strategy and the spirit of the games, as they said, I think they would root for you in fourth, but I tip my hat to you for doing that strategy. Absolutely. Sure. So I, I hope you keep third. Yeah, well, we do. All right, well, I hopefully, hopefully people know that I'm not like – I'm not diabolical. I mean, yes, you are. if, uh, if, uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be like a jerk and really piss people off. If I did, I, 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 I certainly didn't want to do that for me. It was just, here is a strategy that is fun and different and, uh, I'm going to just go for it. And there was a lot of hesitation for me at the beginning, but I, uh, I kind of looked at the numbers and thought, you know what? I can, I can actually try this this year and see what happens. And, uh, but for me, it was fun, but I hope, I really hope that people aren't that upset about it. I think they feel a lot better now that you're in third. It'll be, <laughs> they, may, they may even feel better if you, if, if you drop right out of the money, who knows? <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, brother. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. And so that wraps up, uh, the podcast for this week on strategy episode three of the Lug. Stay tuned for another exciting one next week and we'll see you then.